Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So this is the strangest thing that I've ever seen and it was somewhere in West Virginia years ago. I was hiking through the woods off trail and at some point I came across a really random field that was quite large that was clearly someone's farm. I was about to go around it too until I noticed a bunch of people wearing what looked like cloth diapers and head wraps while burning a cross with a pig hanging from a chain. They were speaking in a language that I didn't recognize They saw me, we both sort of had a deer in the headlights moment look for what felt like forever, but then a few started my way, and I have never run back up a mountain in the dark so fast for so long. I still have no clue what they were doing, I don't think that I could find that place again if I wanted to to be honest, but what I can say is that West Virginia has some weird people in it. This was about four or five-ish years ago, and back then, I lived with my mother in a shed on a farm surrounded by woodland. Our farmland was a part of a large piece of farmland that was split up and sold off, so we did have neighbors, though they were roughly half a kilometer away each. We loved that though because of the privacy. It wasn't like there was nobody nearby that I couldn't go to if I needed help too. 
and that thought is what had me fearlessly walking alone at night between the hours of 7 and 8 p.m., sometimes fluctuating from earlier to later depending on the day. Sometimes I even went out on a walk at 2 a.m. in the morning because I was restless and I just couldn't sleep. Looking back, this was incredibly stupid, I know that. And after this incident, I never walked after 6 p.m. ever again, always making sure that there was at least some sunlight left when I set out. So, the route that I always took was a road circuit. The first part was out in the open in front of all the other farms, including my own. If anything had happened, at least one person would have noticed and reception was pretty good, so I would have also been able to call someone. The second half, on the other hand, was concealed by about 200 metres of woods between the farms and the back road, stretching the full two kilometres at the back of the farm, and it was during that part of the walk when I had this creepy encounter. So, it was late at night. I can't remember what time exactly, but it was pitch black, with the exception of my torchlight. I was about to approach the turn in the loop that would bring me out to the open again when I heard it help. It was this sort of monotone voice that repeatedly asked for help. It didn't seem panicked in the least. I took my headphones out and turned my music off to make sure that I was hearing correctly, but it didn't stop. Help. Help is what it said. A very stupid part of me almost responded to because for some reason my first instinct was, oh no, someone's in trouble. Like a naive kid, even though I would have been like 16 or 17 at the time. Of course, then my brain kicked in and I realized that approaching that voice was just about the stupidest thing that I could do. So I started quietly backing away. Unfortunately, my cat had followed me on the walk and wasn't backing away with me. No, she was walking towards the voice, softly hissing. I remember desperately trying to get her back to come towards me without alerting the voice to my presence, just in case they hadn't noticed me yet. But I was getting scared and didn't want to stay there a moment more, so I ran towards her, grabbed her, then turned around and bolted back towards my house. I don't know if it was stupid of me to turn my back to the voice as I was making so much noise while running that there was no way they didn't know that I was there, and I had no way of knowing if they were giving chase or anything to... I was just completely terrified that whole time. The image of someone cloaked in shadows chasing me entered my mind and even though I couldn't hear anyone behind me, I never once slowed down until I was back safe and sound within my house. But it doesn't end there though. You see, despite how terrifying it was, there was still a part of me that was concerned about whoever it was because what if they really did need help? So I asked my mother to drive us to the location, another very stupid decision considering what we found, that being nothing. We called out and called out but nobody ever answered. We didn't get out of our car obviously, luckily neither of us were that stupid I guess you could say but we drove home having seen nothing and no one. But it still bothered me in the morning so I had my mother drive us over again and we searched the immediate area. Nothing though, no indication that anyone had even been there. There was no body, which admittedly was a drastic thing to search for I know, but I know shock can leave you eerily calm, which could have explained the monotone voice and the lack of response afterwards, which made me fear that we'd been too late and that we'd find a body in the morning or something. I don't know if I would have preferred this outcome to be honest, because 
At least then I would have had a, a face to the voice. But no, we found absolutely nothing. Not even tracks. And to this day, I have no idea who that voice belonged to and why they were monotonously calling out for help. My mind has naturally come to some, I guess you could say, chilling conclusions and theories that leave me unable to sleep. Like maybe it was a, a rapist, a kidnapper, a serial killer or something. All the classic horror stories, but I guess I'll just never really know for sure. So before I begin this, I just want to say that I'm looking for some answers to what happened to me when I was around 12 to 13 years old. I'm 23 now, but these events, they still loom over me. So at the time, I was living in Virginia with my parents and two step-siblings. We had recently moved into a newly built townhouse development. Our townhouse had three floors in total. The upstairs area is where the bedrooms were located, the living room and the kitchen were on the main floor, and the basement was my sister's bedroom. At the time, I was becoming increasingly interested in the paranormal too. I would watch all sorts of ghost shows on television and eventually I learned what a Ouija board was. I wanted one too, but I knew that I wouldn't have the means to buy a real one myself, and I knew my parents would not approve too, so I opted to make my own. I created a template on a piece of cardboard, carefully replicating what a real one would look like. For the planchette, I used a plastic square-shaped lid that was the perfect size. I heard that it wasn't safe to use it by myself, and I didn't have any friends in the area at the time, so I asked my sister if she would try it with me. She was reluctant at first, but after some convincing, she was game. Her uncle had recently passed a few months prior, so we decided to try and contact him. We set the board up in the basement, her bedroom, with a picture of her uncle next to us. We both lightly put our fingers on the makeshift planchette, and I began to ask questions like, Uncle so-and-so, are you here with us tonight? To both of our surprise, too, it didn't take long to get a response. The planchette moved to yes with force. At first, I assumed that my sister was messing with me, but soon I would be proved wrong because she started crying very hard. After a few more questions with responses, my sister informed me that she wanted to stop. I don't really remember what else we asked because it was so long ago, but I do remember that the planchette would move with haste after every question that we asked, and we ended up informing her uncle that we were leaving and moving the piece to goodbye. Afterwards, it took some time for my sister to calm down, and I was pretty blown away myself, I'll admit. But then, strange things started happening to me almost immediately after. After we had finished using the board, we both went upstairs to calm down and watch some TV. And 30 minutes later, I heard a bang come from the basement. I went downstairs to investigate and found that the planchette had moved from goodbye to no, and a picture on the wall had fallen down. This disturbed me a bit, so afterwards I opted to tear up the board and throw it away. After I did this, I assumed that that was the end of it, and for my sister it was. I didn't know that this was the beginning of months of pure terror for me. I don't know why, but whatever this thing was attached to me. My sister didn't have any odd occurrences afterwards, but meanwhile, I started noticing strange things happening. It started sort of small at first. 
I noticed our family dog would all of a sudden refuse to come into my bedroom. I would pick him up and take him into my room anyways, and when he was in there, he would act really strange. His ears would stick straight up, and his eyes would fixate on a certain corner in the room. He would whine and bark, and occasionally his head would dart around like he was watching something move around. Then, I was sitting in my room another day on my own. I was watching TV and laughing at the show that I was watching. My school blinders were sort of sitting all the way at the foot of my bed, and I was sitting at the head of the bed a good distance away, when one of the blinders slid all the way across my bed, hitting me in the arm. This freaked me out, and I informed my parents, but they told me that I was just imagining things. And weird things like this kept happening to me. But one time I walked into the kitchen during the day by myself and a sponge that was sitting on the dining room table suddenly flew across the room with force. I continued to experience things like this and they started becoming more frequent I guess you could say. I talked to my sister about it and she told me that nothing odd was happening for her. I was just a complete mess at the time though. I did not want to go home and would often try and go to a friend's house after school instead, which most of the time didn't work out. I talked to my parents again and, go figure, they thought that I was making it up for attention again. After a little bit of going through it though, I had the most terrifying night of my life, and this event still sends shivers down my spine when I think about it. It traumatized me and, although I've worked past it for the most part, I still try not to think about it. I've only told a few people in my life about this too because it sounds like a straight up lie and I know it. But this, this night was the climax of my experiences and after this happened, the activity just completely stopped. So one night, I was lying in my bed. It was two or three in the morning and I couldn't sleep so I was just sort of laying there. My whole family was asleep and the house was completely dark. I slept with my door open at the time and the only light source was a blue light emanating from my radio in my room. It was just bright enough to illuminate my room and I had my blanket over my head covering half my face but I could still see my room from waist height down to the floor. And to my horror, as I laid there with my eyes open, a black figure entered my field of vision near the foot of my bed. It was right next to my bed too and there was no color on whatever this was. It was a pure pitch black with no obvious features. I was paralyzed with fear. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move. I just laid there as I watched this thing slowly move down my bed until it stopped right in front of my face. I then felt a hand placed on my head through the blanket that was over me. The hand rested there for a second and then began moving in a circular motion for a few seconds. Eventually the hand lifted and I watched the dark figure slowly move away and then out of the room. This was the last thing that ever happened to me. After that, like I said, it just completely stopped as fast as it started. This whole ordeal has had a huge impact on my life. This is the first time that I'm sharing this story like this with a lot of people. I haven't tried until now because I didn't want to type it out and relive it I guess. And now I'm more curious as to what the heck happened to me and what that thing was. I think I should probably also add that aside from anxiety and depression issues, I am mentally sound. I've never experienced hallucinations or delusions, not that I know of anyway, and I know that what happened to me was real. 
I'm sharing this not only to share my story, but to also gain insight from others. So, what do you think this could have been? Was it a demon as I've heard? Has anyone hearing this had any similar experiences? I wish that I could be more detailed, but it's been so long and I've largely tried to forget about this time of my life that it's really hard to remember everything. But if you can help me out, then thanks in advance. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Four years ago, I was a sophomore in high school. I hadn't yet got my license and this is right around the time that I started to partake. Me and one of my friends in the neighborhood, Kurt, knew of a creek about a mile and a half from my house, which would be a nice place to smoke, but it was a bit of a hike to get there. It was well known that there was a few scattered structures in the woods there too, such as a concrete hut, an old barrel fire pit, and a platform built into the trees, all within a few dozen feet of each other. This is all about a quarter mile into the woods and about a half a mile from any roads. We had been there during the daytime dozens of times before, usually with more friends. But we lived in a nice suburban neighborhood, so it didn't seem dangerous to us. Not to mention, nobody else had ever been spotted there before. In fact, it had become a pretty common smoking spot for kids our age. We all just assumed that it was an old abandoned homeless structure, but there were still legends passed around by other high schoolers making claims of something sinister there. Hooks for hands, serial murders, inbred cannibals, typical campfire stories I guess you could say, that type of thing. Anyway, the concrete hut itself was about 7 by 7 by 5 foot and the ground had been dug out on the inside, making the roof even taller. We had found improvised weapons, food, cans, trash there. This was all when we first discovered it two years earlier but nothing of that nature since then. Just beer cans, roaches, and cigarette butts scattered around the fire pit from neighborhood kids. 
The inside was scribbled with Sharpie. The top was covered with a tarp and the whole thing smelled terrible so none of us dared to enter it. Like I mentioned before, there was also a lookout platform built into a tree about 50 feet away. An improvised ladder made of branches led to the 5x5 platform about 20 feet off the ground. The wood was clearly water damaged so I had never wanted to actually go up there. Back on track though, this particular October evening, Kurt and I left at about 6pm hoping to get there before dark. We had several other smoke spots that were closer to my house but nothing quite matched the excitement and mystique of the hut. So we make our way through the neighborhood, through some backyards, into a field and we finally pass through the tree line. Stones laid out across the creek allowed us to cross without getting wet. Right around the time we got there too, the sun was almost fully set and no light was coming through the trees. This was the first time either of us had been there at night. We hiked the last 500 feet uphill and we could just barely see the hut through the darkness. The atmosphere though had us both uneasy that day and we talked with the quietest whisper possible. We didn't want to approach the structure so we decided to smoke about 50 feet from the hut right on the edge of the bluff that we just climbed. I decided to shift a few feet over to more even footing before we started and I felt my foot snag on a fishing line running about a foot off the ground tied to the tree next to me. A loud clang was made as the line yanked an empty metal bucket into a metal scrap planted on the ground almost like a makeshift alarm. We hear someone moving down from the platform in the tree about 20 feet away from us and drop into the leaves below. We take off down the bluff, sliding on our butts and hitting trees and we still hear scurrying and grunting behind us. We get to the bottom and sprint through the creek. I trip on a loose rock below me and fall into the freezing cold water before bolting up and continuing to run. About a second later, we hear splashes behind us. At this point, we clear the tree line and are in a quarter mile of open field. We sprint as fast as we can away. Kurt and I are hurt, out of breath, and the person is clearly catching up. We can hear them right behind us breathing heavily, and their loud footsteps growing closer and closer. We sprint through someone's backyard, and we hear their dog start barking. We finally run into the middle of the street, and a car slams on their brakes. Kurt and I screech to a halt to avoid this car. We turn around to see somebody standing just outside of the floodlights of a nearby house before they turn around and run away back towards the forest. We apologized to the driver, ditched the weed, and I called my sister to come and pick us up. We explained to her what happened, begged her not to tell my parents, and after that, we never returned to that creek ever again. This story occurred a few years back now, while I was staying at my grandparents' house during vacation. They lived near the Atlantic Wall, the system of concrete blockhouses built by Nazi Germany during World War II. At the time, I was 16 and fascinated with urbex, so I thought that it would be a great idea to go and explore those. When I arrived on the beach, I started exploring and everything went well since this place is actually public and a lot of people come here like you would do any normal beach I guess. Time passed by and there was nothing really interesting to see so I made the decision to go deep into the dunes to find other structures. I found some but they were all sort of buried in the sand or covered with vegetation until I found this one. 
Uh, I was super excited and when I arrived, I started to barge in just like I did before. But suddenly, a gut feeling stopped me at one of the entrances. I kept quiet and listened. There was this sort of, I don't know, like indistinct chatter or moaning. Honestly, I don't know what kept me around after that, but for some stupid reason, I chose the option of yelling, hello, is anyone there, multiple times. The sounds coming from inside stopped, and the atmosphere was getting quite tense, so I made my way to the roof. It was a single ramp, no exit, stupid decision again, but curiosity was too strong. A few minutes later, a middle-aged man comes out and started the weirdest discussion with me. He asked me if I was alone and what my age was. I was obviously a minor. Then proceeded to tell me that what they were doing inside was perfectly right and I shouldn't call the police without waiting for my answers. At the end of his little speech, he asked me if I wanted to go inside. Obviously, I refused. Thank God he didn't insist and went back in. As I went away, I passed by one of the other entrances that happened to provide a direct view of the inside. I took a peek and instantly ran the heck out of there. What I briefly saw was another old man, naked, playing with himself, looking at me. In the background, I saw many other figures and candles on the ground. I heard some sort of chanting too. After I put enough distance, I took my phone out and called the police. What I told them was just too surreal for them to believe me and I was basically laughed at and given a lecture about prank calls. And no one believes me other than my dad. He had weird encounters in those dunes as well. I don't know what kind of stuff in a bunker trying to lure miners in that was, but after that, I quit Urbex. Also, I never thought of it, but I actually just found an article online related to this. Basically, the beach that I went to is right next to a nudist beach. I must have crossed the border by going into the dunes without realizing it, but... Over the past 40 years, the beach was about to be closed multiple times since libertines see an opportunity to go there and have sex. Many of them cause disruption since it's completely illegal to do that. Plus, the dunes are a protected environment, so it's actually forbidden to go there. And after I just had a chat with my grandma, she says that police went there many times already to make them leave, but it doesn't stop them from going back. Ironically, too, the article mentioned the raising concerns about the situation lasting exactly from the same period this happened to me. And well, those guys that I met are very extreme libertines, apparently. And some suggested that I go back there with friends to collect evidence, but I have to wait till next summer. Plus, confronting these people really doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Also, just to be clear, the article is not about a, a sex cult or anything wicked like that. It simply mentions the conflict between naturists and libertines who come on this beach to get it on and whatnot, and how the authorities want to close the beach regarding that, and that was pretty much it. It was a coincidence supporting my story, but not about my story if you get my drift. Anyway, like I said... After this, I quit Urbex and maybe I'll go back at some point and have a look around, but I won't be doing it alone this time, that's for sure. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. 
the ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. A few years back, I was living with my aunt and uncle after moving to a new state. They had just moved into a new home in a new subdevelopment. In this area, door-to-door salesmen swarm new developments and new buildings for water softeners, cleaning supplies, solar panels, generators, and the Kirby vacuum people. They wandered the neighborhood all day knocking on doors, but were usually gone by around 5 p.m. This particular evening, I was home alone with my dog, a mutt who was mostly black lab and an unknown mixture. He was roughly the size and weight of a full-breed Labrador, but he had a sort of stockier build and long, wiry hair. He was a gentle, sweet baby who was upset if someone spoke harshly to him. I'd never known him to be threatening to anyone. My aunt and uncle were out celebrating their anniversary. This time of year, the days were getting longer and we would have full dark by around 8pm. It was around 7pm and starting to get dusky when someone rang the doorbell and knocked on the door. The door was one with those sort of thick glass over windows and I could see the door and who was there from the kitchen. I was going to ignore them but unfortunately they could see me and continued to knock so I went to answer the door. The dog followed me but stood off to the side in the shadows of the dining room. The person at the door was a young man, about college age, dressed in a college shirt and tie and khakis. I looked a bit like a Mormon missionary with style I guess you could say. He was thin and about my height, 5'8", 5'9". I figured he was a salesman of some sort but thought that it was a bit odd that he was out this late in the day. I thought that I'd open the door a crack, tell him that I'm not interested and then just lock the door. So I opened the door a few inches to speak through it and he starts his spiel about Kirby vacuum cleaners and he wants to come in and give a demo and all that. But one, it's not my house and two, I know once they get in that they aren't leaving without selling something and I have no need for an overpriced vacuum and I don't have a thousand plus dollars to spend anyway. So I tell him no thank you, I'm not interested and begin to close the door when he puts his foot between the door and the door jam and throws his hands up to stop the door from closing. This is when I think what the heck and I hear a vicious growling behind me to my right and then a loud deep barking as my dog lunges for the door. I grab his collar to keep him from going out the door and the guy's mouth drops open. His eyes get really wide and he looks like he's ready to pass out or pee himself as he jumps back from the door and backs away saying, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wrong house, wrong house and then turns and runs to the end of the driveway where a car with three men in it pulls up to get him, allegedly, and they speed off, tires squealing. I told my aunt and uncle about it when they got home and we told a few neighbors so that they could keep an eye out for unusual behavior. It's possible that there were a team of Kirby salesmen, I suppose. 
They do travel in teams of four sometimes and follow the door knockers in the car with the vacuum, but I was suspicious because it was late in the day for them to be knocking on doors and it was a team of four men. Usually they have a team with two or more women in the group because they're knocking on doors at a time of day when women are going to be home alone and unlikely to let strange men in. So, I still don't know if it was a team of Kirby salesmen or not, but something tells me that it wasn't. And I'm sure glad that my dog was there with me that day to save my butt. So one summer, I was traveling in East Africa. I was fairly young and hadn't even finished high school, but I was with a small group of people who were about my age. Our group had two trip leaders who stayed with us the whole time, in addition to local guides who accompanied us for different legs of the trip. During the trip, we went to Serengeti National Park to spend a few days going on safaris. Following our first day of safaris, it was time to go to site where we would be sleeping. When we arrived at the site, which was in the middle of the national park in the evening, and I was quite surprised to see that the only things there were basic camping tents and an outhouse. I'd been on safaris before, but we stayed in actual buildings, so this was a bit unexpected. Anyway, night finally comes and it's time for everyone to go to bed. Our group was split up by gender. The girls were in one tent and guys in another, with trip leaders and local guides in their own. There was only one other guy my age on the trip, so it was just me and him sharing a tent to ourselves. The outhouse was away from the tents, about 50 meters or so. It smelled horrible, so nobody wanted to sleep next to it. Our local guides instructed us to always go to the outhouse in pairs because of the dangerous wildlife in the park, which we were camping right in the middle of. I assumed that this was a standard precautionary warning that they'd issued as a just-in-case. But about halfway through the night, I suddenly was desperate to take a pee. I didn't want to wake up the other guy in my tent to go to the outhouse, so I decided to just pee right behind our tent by myself. So I grab my headlamp, put on my shoes, and I head outside. As I'm peeing, I hear something on the ground nearby crack, though. It couldn't have been more than 10 meters away, and I instantly turned my head to shine my dull headlamp in that direction, which illuminates two pairs of eyes that are intensely staring right back at me. If you don't know, animal eyes have a reflection when you shine a light on them at night. And I was completely paralyzed by how close these creatures were to me, how still they were being. We stared at each other for 10 to 15 seconds before I decided to hurry back into the tent and tried to fall back to sleep. The next morning, as our whole group is eating breakfast, the girls start talking about how something brushed up against their tent in the night and scared them half to death. I tell them about the two pairs of eyes that were staring at me and how it scared me too, when one of our local guides chimes in to say that it was just hyenas and that there's nothing to be afraid of since they're scared of humans. This calms the group down a bit. I deer hunt a bit though, so I knew that different animals reflect different colors when you shine a light at their eyes. So I asked the guide what color hyena eyes reflect and he said blue. I told him that the eyes that I saw were gold and asked what animal reflects that color. He seems a bit shocked by that, but replies that the only animal that that could have been was apparently lions. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This one time when I was like 15, I was staying the night at a friend's house and I had this really weird experience. The area is very wooded around the house and there's a good distance between each neighboring house. We were all in the basement, I was laying on a futon watching my friends play a game and at some point I wound up falling asleep at around 10pm I believe. But I woke up not even an hour after that to one of my friends frantically trying to wake me up to go upstairs. I asked why and he told me that someone was outside the house. I rush upstairs to see the friend that lived there with a pistol pointed at the front door. He told me that he was sitting at the dining table when he saw someone peer into the glass part of his front door. He had me stay with his niece on the other side of the house while we waited for his older brother to get home. I was really freaked out but... After his brother had gotten home, it turns out that he had all the security cameras all around the house and when they checked it, they watched the footage when there was nothing there, not a single sign of someone approaching the home at all. To this day, I still wonder if he was just seeing something or if it was something else entirely that he had actually seen. Weirdly, I've had a lot of situations like this happen with this particular friend and it always happened when I was asleep, which obviously is very strange. I'll begin this story with a quick note about the home that I grew up in. The home was an old mill home that was moved from one location to where it stands now and a basement was dug during the construction by my family. The home looks like your normal home I guess, unless you really look at it, because there's a window above the garage that always seems to give a sort of eerie feeling, like someone was watching me through there. Now, I've never seen anyone standing there obviously, for some reason you just cannot rid yourself of that uneasy feeling. Growing up I had multiple paranormal occurrences, my father raised me and my sister in that home so she and I had spent plenty of time alone. When I was a younger child, I never slept without a light, TV or radio on. I needed noises, light or something to distract me from feeling uneasy and watched. I don't know any other history of my home except that it was moved. I feel like whatever is in that house is unhappy about that fact too. The house almost feels, uh, I don't know, like cursed in a way. I don't have the same nostalgic sense that people get from seeing or visiting their childhood home. Even today when I visit, I feel uncomfortable still. Anyway, one day I was left alone in my preteen years. I was a fairly responsible kid and I was just playing on the computer while my father was out running some errands. I heard a voice coming through the speakers which was impossible as the computer was not hooked to the internet nor was I playing a game that had voices as I was playing solitaire on windows. Next I heard heavy loud footsteps coming from the hallway towards the room that I was in. They sounded a lot like the cowboy boots that my dad always wore. So I said hello dad but there was no answer. 
I wasn't freaked out until I peeked out of the room and I didn't see anyone. At that I ran outside and the truck wasn't there either. I instantly picked up the house phone to call my dad and went hitting the green call button. The phone made a sort of loud screeching sound. I dropped the phone where I stood without hanging up and I ran outside until my dad showed up about 30 minutes later. Of course, I tried to tell him what happened and he replied, Oh, you probably just picked up a semi-driver's radio on the computer and you're just hearing things. I couldn't believe that he thought that I was making it up, to be honest. So, over the years, I didn't have many problems with the home until I was alone again in my bedroom, studying on my bed, my cat Spock sitting with me on my book. After an hour or so, he suddenly just got up and fluffed up first standing on edge, staring towards my open closet. He hissed and spat at what seemed like nothing, but then the room got really cold, and I of course got up to see what he could have been so frightened of, but nothing was there, nor did I hear anything. That was until I heard whispering outside of my bedroom door. I quickly swung it open, but again, there was nothing. In the end, I wrote it off as the heater-making noise and I went to bed, or tried to at least. I laid down, lamp still on, when all of a sudden my radio turned itself on. This was an old radio without a remote, so there was no way that it could just turn on without hitting the button. And because of that, I didn't sleep that night. My story picks back up again when I was 18. I lived alone in the house as my father had picked up a job in another state... I had a friend over for the night and after our movie marathon we tried to go to bed. As we sat there in the quiet dark he said, Do you hear that? He what I asked. Those voices. There are people talking. What? He shushed me and as we sat there in the darkness you could hear two people whispering to each other outside of my bedroom. I got up to investigate and there was nobody there. Screw this he said. I picked up my cell phone to call my dad and instead of the phone ringing I got a sort of message saying that the number wasn't in service. That was impossible I said. So we ran outside and I drove to a church parking lot. I dialed my dad again and it went through but he didn't answer. I called my best friend to ask if we could sleep at her house for the night and she agreed. That friend spent many nights at my house as a child and she also felt the unease in my home and she understood. My last paranormal experience though, that happened when I moved back into my parents' home after a failed relationship many years later in 2017. I was taking a nap on the couch while my dad was out and I was woken up by someone whispering in my ear, hey. I swung up off the couch, looked around confused and I grabbed my cell phone. When I tried to call my dad, it did the exact same screeching sound that the home phone did all those years ago. Again, I just sat outside crying, waiting on him to get home. He still didn't believe what I had experienced, and to this day, he still writes it all off. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 